Thanks for taking some time to listen to this message on the Elevate Church podcast. We believe that God will speak to you wherever you are. Now, let's prepare our hearts and hear what God has for us today. Hey, good morning. Uh, Thank you all for joining us this weekend online from wherever you are, maybe sitting around tables, around uh, your living rooms. Perhaps you're just kind of chilling out on your couch, but we just want to say thank you so much for joining us online today. Uh, It's an understatement to say that we have some challenges in front of us today, and we're going to be working hard in the coming weeks to to manage some of the restrictions that have been placed on large gatherings at church. Uh, We're going to figure out a way to increase our ability to engage our church family, but also to, to stay connected to one another through multiple avenues and to continue to build relationships together because after all, that is how God designed us. He designed us for relationships We're also going to be working hard uh, to have our Elevate Kids ministry available for you online so that your preschoolers and your elementary age kids can engage as well because they're going to be home for the next couple weeks. And how many of you know I can deal with coronavirus, but I can't deal with my kids being home that long. So we're going to make some things available for them as well. And while I'm 100% confident that this season is going to pass, I'm not confident as to when that's going to happen. So we're not going to make any kind of definitive statements regarding when we will be able to resume the large church gatherings here at the building. But I would just say stay connected. Get online. Stay connected on social media platforms, on our app. Download the app if you haven't. We're going to send out some push notifications. Be checking the the website as well. It's going to be your best place to get information on groups and on events and on students and kids uh, and different opportunities really to serve our community and to really connect with those who need the help the most. So that being said, we are in a great moment as the capital C church here in our community. We have no problem taking a detour from the routines of church life if it means protecting people, if it means better serving the community that we are in, because here's what I've noticed. How many times what we view as disruptions often lead to some of the greatest blessings that we've seen? How many of you know that some of the greatest obstacles that you are facing have turned into some of the greatest opportunities? And what we have this season as a church is a great opportunity in front of us to live out the love and the generosity of Jesus in the world around us. So with that in mind, I want you to be aware of a couple things. One is we are putting a system into place to respond to those in our community who might be the most vulnerable who might need uh, some extra help. Maybe it's with groceries or it's other supplies. Uh, If you need assistance or you know someone who does, we have a hotline set up. It's the church phone number, and it's 814-969-9478. But also, if you need immediate help, too, you can just email help to elevatechurch.com. And this challenge that we are faced with is just another chance for us to display radical generosity, And we know that there are many local churches, in fact, here in Erie and around the nation that will struggle as a result of not being able to gather, that maybe don't have the resources to to do an online broadcast. And that being said, while we want to help and continue to be a blessing to those around us, we also need your help to continue to fuel the ministry and the mission here 
at Elevate Church. Like our heart really is to help people who are far from God reach their full potential in Christ Jesus. And that has not changed, though it's going to take a different shape in the coming weeks. So we're gonna need you to continue to pour into this church financially through your tithes and offerings. And a great way to do that, if you haven't already set up your online giving, let me encourage you to do that. You can click the Give tab uh, that is available right here on this online platform, and you can set up your tithe to be recurring online. And we just say put God first in the area of your, your finances. Automate what's important in your life, because after all, online giving really is the most sanitary form of giving. It is the, the most hygienic way that you can give. All right, so let's dive into the message today. Psalm 91 says this. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him for he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from every deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread, check this out, the disease that stalks in the darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though 10,000 are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Then it says in verse nine, if you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the most high your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Verse 14, the Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. Scripture tells us that there is no weapon formed against us that will prosper. It also says that greater is he who is in us than he that is in the world. So the truth is, and here's what you need to know, you are far more powerful than you realize. Not because you yourself are powerful on your own, like you are no match for the diseases that, that stalk us in the night. We are no match for those things that come against us, but they are no match for God. Are you with me? We're no match for them, but they are no match for him. Because no one, no disease, nothing can stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with the God of the universe, right? The, the creator of the heavens and earth and live to talk about it. That's where our power comes from. That's where our help comes from. So today I wanna talk to you about worry's worst enemy, because worry is very different from fear. Unlike fear that can grip you in a moment, that can hold on to you for, for an instant or so, worry seems to hold on to us and never let go. Worry is something that grabs a hold of us and doesn't give up easily. In fact, let, let's talk about the pros and cons of, of worry. First, let's talk about the cons. Worry causes ulcers. It causes sickness, it causes illness, it causes anxiety, high blood pressure, migraines, sleeplessness, it impacts your job performance, uh, it, it causes you to make poor, irrational decisions. There are so many downsides to worry. In fact, there are too many to count. 
So let's talk about the upsides. Let's talk about the pros of worry. Here we go. Nada, zip, zilch, zero, you know, zero, like nothing, right? There are no pros to worry. And the word, the word worry actually comes from a word that means to seize by the throat and to tear, to choke, to, to strangle. Worry will very literally place a chokehold on your life. That's what it is. It's, it's like a full Nelson grabbing a hold of you. That's what worry feels like. So, so why do people worry? I looked at a, a recent study, and it gave me the top 10 worries, um, apart from the obvious one, right, today that we're all looking at, right, COVID-19. But the top 10 worries are work, money, being late, worrying about friends' health or relatives' health, our own health, we worry about relationships. We worry about missing a plane or missing a bus. Uh, one of uh, the greater worries is waking up to your alarm, missing your alarm. It's your appearance. That's a worry. And studies show that some 84% of people have lost sleep due to worry. And I would suggest that that could be a lot higher today. And what happens is, is your mind races and it keeps you up at night because you can't help but, but think about it. And because you can't help but think about it, you, you can barely breathe. It really has this, this chokehold, this strangling kind of effect on your life. And can I tell you something? God is a God of peace, not of panic. He, he is a God of, of faith, not of fear. And so I have one goal today, and that is to shed some life, some light on this life-draining plague of worry. Of, of panic that maybe some of you feel. That's my one job. Now as, now, as good Christians, we don't call it worry because that doesn't sound good. We say things like we are concerned, right? We're concerned about some things because that sounds more godly, but it doesn't matter what you call it. Worry is something that we hold on to, or more appropriately, it's something that holds on to us. It has a hold on us. And some of us believe we have to worry because no one else is worrying. And if we don't worry, then, then it could get worse. That's me, by the way. Like, I, I worry. Some of us believe that when there's nothing to worry about, that's something to worry about. Because there's always something that we should be worried about. The reality is, you and I, we will never be set free from being a hostage to worry until we recognize that worry is, in fact, one of our worst enemies. And it's one of the greatest weapons in the arsenal of our spiritual enemy, Satan, he uses worry to destroy our faith. He uses worry to, to cripple us, to paralyze us, to, to hold us back. Here's what Romans 14, 23 says. Everything that does not come from faith is what? It's sin. And so in many ways, worry is the opposite of faith. If anything, it's not faith in, in God, right? It's faith in the, the evil one. It's faith in the worst case scenario. Worry is taking a molehill and making it into a, a mountain. Worry is, write this down, it's faith in the what ifs of life. It magnifies things. It causes us to, to worry. And God tells us that it's sin. Sin of what? Sin of distrusting in the promises and the power of God. That's what it is. It's faith in the what ifs. And by the way, it doesn't come from God. Uh, 2 Timothy uh, 1, 7 says this, for God has not given us a spirit of what? Of fear, of anxiety, of worry, of doubt, uh, but he's given us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. If I can encourage you to pray anything during this season that we are in, it's this verse right here. 
That God did not give you that spirit of fear. He didn't give you that spirit of of worry and anxiety about what's going on in the world. But what does he want to give you? A spirit of power. Like pray for God's spirit, his power, his, his supernatural power to come into your life and give you this supernatural peace that passes all understanding. Pray for that. Pray for a spirit of, of love, right? So we can be more compassionate to the world around us, to those that need it most in this time. Power of, of love and of sound mind. Give us wisdom, God, in this season to help those who need it most and how we can best partner with bringing hope in this community. The spirit of fear Worry of doubt does not come from God. It comes from our enemy. And so many of us are held hostage by it. Here's what Jesus says about worry in Matthew 6, 25. Do not worry about what? Your life, like any of it. What you will eat, what you will drink, about the food or your body or what you will wear. Is life not more important than toilet paper? No, I'm just kidding. Is life not more important than food or then the body is that not more important than clothes Jesus said don't worry about your your life like the Greek word used for a life is the word suke suke and that word literally means your whole life it means your your physical life your mental life your emotional life it means your your spiritual life it means your yesterday life your today life your tomorrow life it means your future life he says any of it you don't have to worry about your entire life because your heavenly father has your back that's what jesus is saying you don't have to worry about any of it and still so many of us lie awake at night tossing turning playing the what if game running different scenarios through in our mind, having agonizing fear and tension, our stomach aches, our, our head hurts, we're, we're tossing and turning, our, our neck hurts, our back gets tight, our blood pressure gets high, we can't sleep, we get angry, we get irritable, we take it out on people, we get mad at people around us for, for not sneezing into their elbow as we've learned recently to do, or for coughing you know, on the plane, So today I want to give you three things to remember in these uncertain times that will help us, that will help us keep our worry in check. Here's here's the first one. Write this down. Do what God asks you to do. Like it starts there. Do what God asks you to do. The problem is there are a lot of people who are Christians, and in my opinion, they over-spiritualize everything. Like, well, God's going to take care of this. Well, he's got that. Like, he, I don't have to worry about this, that he's going to come through. He's going to do it all for me. I'm just waiting on God to take care of it all. That's, I, I, I hear what you're saying, but you still have to take some steps. Like, you do everything that you can do in the natural. Like, leave the supernatural to God, but you do what you can do. Do what God asks you to do in all areas of your life, by the way. I've talked with people who are unemployed, and I'll go, dude, are you looking for a job? I'm like, yeah, man, I'm looking for a job. All right, what are you doing? Like, are you going out there? Are you beating the streets? You know, are you putting your resume in, you know, everywhere you can? No, man, I'm just waiting on the Lord. He's going to bring me my job. Like, it doesn't work that way. Or I'll talk to people who want to get married. All right, what are you doing? Like, to want to get married, are you talking with anyone of the opposite sex? Are you going out? Are you meeting people? Are you brushing your teeth and taking a bath, right, or whatever? No, man, I'm just waiting on God. He's going to bring her to my door. It doesn't work that way. Many people live paralyzed by worry, waiting on God. But I believe it could be that God's been waiting on you. 
It's not that we're waiting on God, but he wants you to do what you can do. James 1.22 says this, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, but what? Do what it says. Like get up and do something. Can I tell you something? There are some things that you are worried about in life that God has already written about. Like it says, fear not over 365 times in God's word. Did you know that? One for every single day of the year. Fear not. Yet many of us still live paralyzed by fear. Now what is God asking you to specifically do? I don't know for sure. But when it comes to worry, I want to give you two things that I believe God asks every single one of us to do. And the first is to focus on what is, not on what ifs. Not on the what ifs. Focus on the facts. Fact. All right? There has been no um, confirmed case of coronavirus in Erie County. That is a fact. As of today, right? No case. So we don't need to focus on just the, the what ifs around us. Focus on what is. God tells us this in 2 Corinthians 2.10 that we are to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. So whenever my mind starts to wander down the what if trail or what if this happens or what if this increases or what if the economy crashes or what about this and we recognize that that is not a thought from God but that is a thought from the, the enemy who wants to paralyze us with fear and with worry. I'm gonna take that thought captive and make it obedient to God's word. And I take that runaway thought captive and I line it up. Is, is this true according to what God's word says? And if it's not, that's not from God. That's from the enemy. Here's some, some what is is, by the way, if that's a real word today it is, uh, that, that you need to think on, think on things that are true, that are noble, that are lovely, that are praiseworthy, that are admirable, things that are, are worthy, right? Think on those things the Bible says. So whenever your mind starts to go down the what if kind of trail, like what if the economy takes? What if this, this virus continues to spread? What if, what if, what if? That's not God. God says that he's working all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to him, right? That's, that's what God's word says, or what if, you know, I'm always going to be like this. I'm always going to be depressed. You know, everything's always going to be terrible. That's not what God's word says. God's word said that he is my strength. He is my refuge. He is my ever-present help in the time of need, right? That he has great plans for my life to prosper me, not to harm me. Like, think on what God's word says. Take that worry captive and make it obedient to Christ. In other words, you're retraining yourself to live by faith, not by fear. That's ultimately the goal that we don't live as followers of Jesus by fear, but we instead we live by faith. It might take some time, by the way, to do that, to retrain your minds over and over to, to eliminate those, those worried kind of thought patterns that we have to form a new muscle memory uh, in your life where worry grips you. But one day, if you immerse yourself enough into the truth of God's word, it will renew your mind. And all of a sudden, you'll have a faith-filled thought rather than a fear filled thought. So we're going to do what God asks us to do. And one thing we know that we can do is to focus on the what is of life, not the what ifs in life. Another thing you can do is just be wise. Write that down. Do what is wise. Do the, do the next right thing. I got that from Anna in Frozen 2. Like do the next right thing. How many of you know that common sense isn't all that common? You know that? It's not all that common. And God teaches us and commands us over and over in his word to do 
What is wise? There's an entire book devoted to it. There's an entire section of the Bible called the wisdom literature devoted to being wise. So using the example, if you don't have a job and you're not out there doing anything, it would be wise to build a resume. It would be wise to beat the street. It would be wise to do everything that you, you can. If you're broke, living paycheck to paycheck, it would be wise to honor God first with your tithes and offering. He says, honor me first. Bring, bring your first and best into my storehouse so there may be food in my house. It would be wise to not spend more than you make, right? If you're broke, you gotta do the next right thing. You got to be wise. If your marriage is struggling, it'd be wise to talk to somebody. Get around some other couples who can speak life into your relationship. Get around a, a Christian counselor. It would be wise to put yourself in a small group where you're talking about relationships together. If, if you wanna get married, it would be wise to go on a date. It would be wise to get around people of the opposite sex. It would be wise to, to man up and ask her out. You, there are some wise things that we can do. So the thought, number one, is that I'll do what God asked me to do. And I know that he's asking me not to focus on all the what ifs of life, but on what is. And I also know that he's asking me to be wise in every situation. Thought number two, I'll give God what I cannot do. I'm gonna do what I can, but then I'm gonna give God the things that I cannot do. Philippians 4, 6 says this, do not be anxious about what? Anything. Would that include the coronavirus? Yeah. That would include any disease. It would include any illness, any sickness. Would that include like the, the presidential, like, candidacy, the, the presidential race right now. Yeah. Like he says, don't be anxious about anything, but by prayer and petition, present your request to God, give it to God, say, God, here it is. I'm taking it off of me, out of my worries, out of my fears, and I'm placing it on you. And it says, the peace of God, then which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So I'm gonna do what God asked me to do, everything that I can, but then I'll, the things that I can't do, I'm just gonna let God do. I'm not gonna be anxious about it. I'm gonna turn it over and give it to him, but here's what happens in my life if you're like me. Uh, I'll be anxious about something or worried about something, and I'll say, all right, God, here you go. Like what's going on in the world, all the, the tension that we're facing right now, trying to navigate this and trying to get everything online and trying to work it out. God, I'm worried about it, but here you go. I'm gonna take that off of me and I'm gonna give it to you. You got it, God. It's no longer mine. Okay, God, why aren't you doing anything? It's been 15 minutes, right? It's been, it's been long enough. And if you're anything like me, you end up taking that thing that you gave to God that you were worried about, that you felt anxious about, and pulling it right back and putting it on your plate. Basically what you're saying is, God, I don't trust you with this. That I trust me more than I, I trust you. Or you're saying that, God, this problem is too big for you. How ridiculous does that sound, by the way? That your problem that you're going through, what you're facing, that the worries that we have about this virus are too big for God? Like, that's what we're saying. That I can do more on my own. That I can handle this. But what happens is when we try to handle it and we take that worry that we placed on God and place it back on ourselves, we all collapse under the weight of it because we were never meant to carry it in the first place, that only God could hold on to it. And what happens is worry turns into doubt. You know this, doubt turns into fear and anxiety. Anxiety turns into depression. 
And before too long, we, we feel so far from God, all because we had this wrong view that God could handle it and that we were better and more equipped to handle it. Listen, a wrong view of God only reinforces our worry. A right view of God releases it. It gives it to him. It says, God, I'm not gonna carry this. I'm gonna put this all on you. I'm gonna do what I can do, but God, I'm gonna give you everything that I cannot do. In fact, let's just go through some scenarios. I wanna ask you some yes or no questions, and I want you to play along at home as well or wherever you are watching Can you heal someone of cancer, yes or no? No. Can God heal someone of cancer, yes or no? Absolutely. Can you do everything that you can do? Yes. Like, go to the doctor, like, get advice, you know, do the research, do everything that you can do, but ultimately, you can't control it. You can't heal someone of cancer, but God can. Can you protect your kids from every threat, every fear that you have in life, yes or no? No. Can God? Yes. Like do everything that you can do in the natural. Like put things into place, put boundaries into place to protect your ones, but ultimately, right, you can't do that. God has to be their place of refuge. God has to be their, their strength in their life, their protector for your kids, which by the way, it's hard to believe, but he loves them and cares for them more than we do. So let him do that. Can you, can you change your spouse, yes or no? Some of you hesitated on that. You're like, I don't know. I'm trying. No. Like, you can't change your spouse. Can God change your spouse? And he can change you too, by the way. Like, give it to God. Can your worry change anything, yes or no? No. But can God, who is all-powerful, change anything? Absolutely. Even what we are facing today, God can change it. So what we're going to do is we're gonna do all that God asks us to do. What I can't do, I'm gonna give to God. And then here's the last thing. I'll close with this. No matter what, I trust God. Like no matter what happens, no matter what we are up against, no matter what we are are faced with, we have to trust God. I'm gonna trust God. I'm gonna acknowledge him. In everything, the words of Jesus in Matthew 6, 33, 34 say this, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these things that we're anxious about, that we're worried about, the fears that we have, and all these things will be given to you as well. That's a, a familiar verse for many of us, but if you keep reading, this is what it says. Therefore, don't worry. Don't worry about what? About tomorrow? Why not? Because tomorrow has enough worry of its own. There's enough to worry about tomorrow, so don't worry about tomorrow. Because when you trust God and you really trust God, like like 100% trust him, you realize he's already in tomorrow. He is not hindered by time. He's not hindered by space. God's already been in our tomorrows. Like that's some great news right there. He's already in control of everything that we're facing. He's, He's sovereign. He has authority over this. What we are going through today is not a surprise to him. We can trust him. We don't have to worry about tomorrow. God is already in tomorrow. Let me unpack this for us. Whatever you are facing, whatever fears, whatever worries you're facing in this life, God's got it. You need to know that. What we are facing as a church, I'm happy to say, 
God's got it. Like God's got it. Like he's aware of what we're up against. He's aware of of what we're facing. He's known about this. He knows that it's gonna change some things about the way that we do church. But maybe that's the point. You ever thought about that? Maybe all along he's trying to remind us that the church is a hospital, that we're here to help people who need it the most. Maybe that's what he's doing. Maybe he's trying to get us to engage better in communities and and relationally with one another. Maybe he's trying to get us to leverage the platform of technology to, to reach more and more people with the good news of the gospel, to reach more and more people with the hope of who Jesus is. Maybe he's trying to do one of those things. Maybe he's trying to do them all. Because how many of you know the greatest indication that God is going to be faithful is when we just look at the past. And God has been faithful in our yesterdays, which leads me to know he's gonna be faithful in our tomorrows as well, amen? And he's gonna be faithful in this. Because I don't know about you, but I've seen God, and I've seen his faithfulness in enough enough yesterdays to know that he's gonna be faithful today and tomorrow and after that. And even if God does what we think he's going to do through all this, I'm gonna trust him. If he doesn't, I'm still gonna trust him. And if he comes through the way you want him to come through in your life, like praise God for that. Let's trust him, let's thank him, thank him. But if he doesn't, hey, can you trust him anyway? Can you praise him him anyway? In all things, at all times, God is good. And he has a good plan for us, even if we don't see it. Plans to prosper us, not to harm us. Plans to give us a hope and a future. When you walk with him in enough yesterdays, you realize you don't have to worry about tomorrow. Here's the last verse I wanna give you. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. It's not about you. But in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Would you bow your heads with me? God, we're trusting you in these days ahead that you can do more in this season of doubt and difficulty than we could have ever imagined. And that it could be that the great obstacles that are in front of us, God, are are nothing more than, than open doors for us to reach further and further into a community that's desperate for hope. Maybe you're just drawing more and more people, God, to you. That there's fear, that there's worry. God, but we know the one that who holds the world in the palm of his hands, who can put all our fears to rest, the one who can calm the stormy seas with one word. And so God, we're gonna trust in you. And along the way, we're gonna do all that we can do. Give us, give us the ability and the wisdom, God, to rise up to be a beacon of light and hope in a city that desperately needs to know your love. Let us respond well as a church, God, to those who need it the most. God, help us to be prepared. Also help us to seek you and seek your face because we know, God, that you can wipe this out in a moment with just one word. And so, God, we're just asking you for your supernatural healing of our land, of our city, of our nation. And, God, we're just going to trust you with the things that we cannot do. And ultimately, in all things, God, you're in control. We know that. 
And so we love you. Whether it turns out the way we thought, we love you. Whether it doesn't, we love you. That ultimately we trust in you. While we're praying today, there might be those of you that you've never trusted in God and put your trust in his son's sacrifice for the forgiveness of your sins. But you need to know that for God so loved you that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die on the cross for you, to die for your sins, because the Bible says that we're all sinners, we've all fallen short of the standard that God has set for us. But the way that we close that gap between us and God is to believe that Jesus gave his life on the cross for us. And the Bible says as we confess Jesus as Lord and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, that we would be saved. Maybe you're watching online and you've never crossed that line of faith and you've never made a commitment and trusted Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins to be made right with God, to be set free. I wanna give you a chance to do that right now. In fact, I'm gonna lead you in a prayer that goes something like this. You can use your own words. Let me just help you with the language. And just say, Jesus, today, I give you my heart. Thank you for dying for my sin, past, present, and future. I know that you conquered sin and death so that I could be free. And so I confess you as Lord. And I repent of my sin. And I believe God raised you from the dead so I could have a new life in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for checking out this week's message on the Elevate Church podcast, and we hope you really enjoyed it. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. Welcome to the family. We would love to know about it, so please let us know by going to elevatechurch.com yes. There will be some practical resources that will help you as you start this journey. If you want to support the mission and vision of Elevate Church to help people far from God reach their full potential in Christ, go to elevatechurch.com give. We'll see you soon. Have a great week.